Welcome to Life With Your Dog podcast. Our focus is educating dog owners, enthusiasts and dog trainers about ideas on how to train, manage, live and thrive with our dogs. To teach dogs to live in our society while our dogs teach us how to live in the now. I'm your host Panos Anagnostou. And I'm your co-host Luke Badman. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Life With Your Dog podcast. My name is Luke and I'm here with my good friend and co-host Panos. What's going on, man? Yeah, not much, my brother. How you doing? Can't complain. It's Thursday night, the usual spot, doing yes. a podcast for the people. That's right. I, I hope. I hope it's for the people. <laughs> I hope it's not just for us to- Not just for the dogs, I guess. Talk randomly. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's other things we could be doing, but I, we enjoy it and we hope you guys get something out of it. So here yeah, we are. Yeah, well, look, we're, we're, we're back at it. Sorry we missed last week, but I was out interstate in Queensland enjoying mm. a bit of downtime and catching up with family. Mm. So um, it was hard to do that with no laptop and it was nice to get away from work and not think about any of it, which was good. We but it recharges batteries, man. We do our best to put it on it, put one out every week, but we, we've got to put you guys on that variable reinforcement schedule as well. So <laughs> I noticed checking. that the Canine Paradigm boys have been, you know, they're not. Glenn's busy, Pat's busy. You know, I know Pat from two different worlds now, so I know that he's very busy. Uh, and so I, I guess like they've been doing like sometimes three episodes a month instead of four. So we, we, the point of the story is we're busy people, us dog people. Yeah, look, and, and sometimes, like, you know, with the podcasts that I follow, look, a lot of the mainstream big podcasts, they're, they're getting one every bloody three days. But, you know, you like, is there one up this week? Is there up? Is it up? We check, check, check. And you're like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for next week. So well, if, we made the, if we made the kind of money that those guys make, we could probably <laughs> podcast full-time as well. So We've probably run out of bloody topics to talk about. It's a different story, yeah. Actually, we've had a few questions come in recently, and just for anyone listening – there is definitely something wrong with our Facebook Messenger because it says, oh, somebody's waiting for a reply back. And I go and check and I cannot see the only last message that we can both see is from February. So whoever is writing in on our Facebook Messenger, just know that we're having some technical difficulties. I'm going to try to get to the bottom of it. But until then, either message us, message us, us on Instagram, Instagram yeah. or just life with your dog podcast at gmail.com or through our website um, will also come to us as well. But yeah, something's happening with that. So I just thought I'd put that out there at the beginning. So if anyone's like, well, these guys not getting back to us where I'm like, oh, there should be something there. And I go and check and it's just never there. So anyway, mm. it is what it is. Sort yourself out, Zuckerberg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, um, topic. We do have a topic, something that is, uh, I guess we indirectly talk about it in many different episodes, but it's whether... Um, well, I, I guess I don't know what the topic name will be, but it's not everyone is fit to have a dog or not everyone is should be at their current time in their life to be a dog owner or some people just suck at being a dog owner and they experience all the issues because they don't put they don't put the appropriate time or effort into it. But the truth is not everyone's fit to be a dog owner. And I think so many people are in love with the story of having a dog mm, but aren't really- the idea. Yeah, the idea of the dog, it's like, it's such a, it's such a, um, like, not a, not a fantasy, but it's like, look, we move in, you know, we get the dog, we have the, we get the kids and then, you know, we all like living this, this happy life and not all the time or, or maybe people are choosing the wrong breed, but it's just. There's a lot of factors at play in, in, in a, in a topic like this, but we'll, we'll unpack a few of them. 
Yeah, look, to, and today I got no notes. Normally I like to have some notes to kind of be guided by, but the the thing that triggered it is I spend more time discouraging my friends from getting dogs than actually encourage them to get dogs. Not that I don't want them to have a dog because I really do, but I just obviously friends and family, you know them best. Just like my, you know, we went up to Queensland, I visited my sister and we're like, when are you guys going to get a, get a pet? And they were like, look, we're not, we, we, we do too much traveling. We do too much stuff. We, we, mm. we know that we wouldn't be fit to get a dog. Maybe a cat possibly, but not at this age. She's obviously, you know, expecting Goldfish. a baby soon. <laughs> Goldfish at that, you know, and, you know, That's actually gets- a really good, like, self-aware attitude to have. It's like, hey, we're actually not in a position to be a responsible dog owner right now. Right? Exactly. Which is kind of the point, isn't it? It's like people should have that understanding of, well, can I facilitate the best life that a dog actually needs to come in to this household and, and, and enjoy itself and get all its fulfillment? Yeah. Right? And on the other hand, people totally fit to have a dog and they love their dog that had recently passed and they're like, look, I couldn't do it again. I couldn't get another dog because I couldn't have the loss of another of a dog. And I think that in those moments, I'm like, you can totally get a dog, but whenever you're ready, you should get one. But um, so like, it's not like I try to discourage everyone from getting dogs, but you know, the, the, the job of a dog trainer is fixing problems. And a lot of the time it's not, it's not the dog's problem. It's usually the, the, the owner's problem in terms of not, and I think it like one or two episodes ago talking about, you know, um, falling in love with the, the, tr- the journey of having a dog, you know, you gotta, you gotta really embrace it. And, you know, we don't, and like in training the dog and giving them their regular mental physical stimulation should be as, as a no brainer as f- having a dog bowl and feeding the bowl, you know, like everyone gets a dog, gets the leash and gets a bowl and it should be like understanding basic commands and fulfilling those requirements should, should hopefully become the normal thing that we think about when having dogs. But most people that get dogs aren't thinking about the training of it. They think we do puppy training, we go to the puppy school, we do the thing and that's it. We're good. But I think people miss the point. It's like, you don't do the puppy school. You don't just take your kid to daycare and that's it. Now they're social and they learn stuff and they're, and they're good forever. It's, you know, it's, and just because you had a dog growing up and you, it was a family pet and now that you've moved out, you're not necessarily ready or fit to have a dog. It's training. Uh, there's a, there's a kind of like a saying, or I guess it's a question um, that comes to mind when, when I think of this. And it's like in all, in a lot of areas of life, like is training something that you do or is it something that you did? Right. So that's like, to your point there, it's like people are like, we took him to puppy school and it's like, Okay. Well, when was that? Like two years ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm sure you have the best of intentions in your heart, but what, I mean, what does what does three or four weeks of puppy school really teach the dog in the grand scheme of things? Yeah. Right. Are you putting regular effort and time into actually training the dog as it as it moves on in its life, as it becomes a teenager, an adult? Like, what does that look like? Is or is it just we do puppy school and then that's it? Or, or is it like, I want, I, I want the American Staffy, I want the American Bully, I, I want, I want the the German Shepherd because it's like an ego status thing. Like I want to be able to on Sunday walk down the street with my big strong dog because it's an addition to my my the, the mask that I wear. You know the yeah the image the ego of you know. But I, I want a Staffy, and 
and these people have never owned a dog before. And it's not like first time owners can't get a staffy. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I do, do usually say, you know, they are for the experienced owner. You should be ready for what it is that you're going to undertake. But when my, for example, my friend that will let, will be nameless, he's like, you know, I, I think I really want like a Hungarian Vizsla. It's like, where did that even come from? Like, you've never seen, you saw one at the party last week at your friend's house, and now you just want that. And he's like, look, and I've found a few breeders. I'm like, that is so impulsive. It is just ridiculous. It, it, it does my head in. Um, How often do you find yourself going into a client's house and, well, first of all, thinking to yourself that, like, these people shouldn't really have either A, this breed, or B, a dog in general based on the setup and the lifestyle? And then I guess the second part to that question is, like, how often do you vocal do you vocalize that versus not actually saying anything to them? Good questions. I'd say as the prices of my service have gone up, I see less of those kind of clients because, you know, um, I guess I get better quality clients and maybe, you know, reputation things kind of grow so you know you get people that are a little bit more serious about it Hmm. um but one comes to mind where a family live in a small little apartment three kids they got a cavoodle cool little dog um and they and this is like more of a success a success story but they're like oh when i went to the breeder the breeder said that we didn't have to walk this dog and i'm like what like a breeder said that to you i'm like either either you're lying or your breeder was just trying to sell you a dog because they you know needed to get rid of these puppies someone was lying someone had to be lying in that because it's just ridiculous just be like look cavoodles aren't as high energy as you know a kelpie a border collie but it does and but they're still pretty high energy and it's not like they need the the most amount of training. Otherwise, they're going to like kill people and 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 ruin your life. It's a living but creature, though. It, like, yeah. even if someone said to you with a straight face, "You don't need to walk this dog," like, why even would you a believe? pug should why go, go for walks? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, you know? it, and then it's like they got the answer that they wanted to hear. They probably got a lot of other people saying the opposite, but they heard one person say this it's one bit selection of advice. bias. And then to answer your second question. Confirmation bias. Exactly. Where where something, you know, matches what you were kind of already hoping to hear. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because they like to hear, they want to hear it. They heard it. And they're like, cool. Now, look, in this situation, I said to them straight up, um, look, if you got a dog because you want a companion in the house, but didn't want to walk or train or do anything with them, because again, this little you know, eight-month-old Cavoodle was, like, running amok, destroying the house, you know, shitting everywhere. They had to, like, put pens up around the whole house and, I mean, the whole apartment and the apartment is pretty small. And they're like, I can't live like this. What's going on? I'm like, you need to, like, look, and I educated them to say, look, we've got to get the puppy out. We've got to start doing this stuff. We've got to start getting into a regular routine. In the morning when you wake up, we toil them out in the park. They had a massive park across the road. We go out to the park. We do some of the training. Let's only spend 25 minutes in the morning, and we'll do like half hour, 40 minutes in the afternoon with the family for a walk. We do the training, put them on the long lead, you know, give them an outing. And then when we come home, we create the structure, the boundaries, and I had to make it digestible enough for them to want to do it. And I said to them straight up, I'll go, look, if if you really wanted a dog that didn't need to get a walk, then you should have got like a 15-year-old dog that was, you know, on, on their on their last legs and you're just facilitating a house for them. Or you probably should have got a cat where like you, you don't, you know, you keep the cat inside, you can fulfill them in other ways and and they can still be a companion. But to be honest, I don't agree with what that breeder said. Um, and because I put it straight out to them and they were the people that could have 
that were able to take on this sort of criticism. Um, to this day, I'll drive past or I'll be in, this, in the park because they live close by. I'll see them. And actually, in fact, I was with clients, the same dog. We're up in the park. We're doing some training. These little things running straight for us. And they're like, Waffle, the dog's name is Waffle, like, Waffle, come. And the dog was like maybe approaching like seven meters from us. The dog just turned around and boom, ran back straight back to to him. And then he grabbed the dog and that, that chick's like, wow, that dog's really trained. I'm like, it's my client's dog. So <laughs> I did not set that up. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no setup at all. And I'm yeah. like, who is this dog bloody running up to us? And <laughs> here's it was what actually, I prepared earlier. Yeah. So, so perfect That's to actually amazing. see it happen. Like, you know, this was like two years after we've done training. So it wasn't like it was like something that they were doing because I told them to do it. They, they actually embrace the things that I told them to do, go for your structured walk, give the long lead time, have the fun, do the training, do the ball training. And again, making it easy enough for them to actually do it. Because I know there's people here that are listening completely novice and think that that's amazing. And for a recall for me and you is like, yeah, duh, of course my dog recalls back to me. But um, you have people that are like, that would start the training, get really into it for seven months, and then just stop doing it altogether, where you can see in this case, they really integrated it into their life. And now they can achieve a bit more freedom for their dog and keep him safe and keep him fulfilled. So I'm sure that dog's coming back home, being super calm in the house and fulfilling their life and complementing their life. So in, so if I was to be too early to judge this family, I would say, you guys need a cat or not a dog, where I could be wrong. But I know with my friend, when I said to him, when he said, I want to get a visual, I'm like, listen, man, for me personally, I'm, I'm not, I don't think, look, visuals can be really high energy. They can take very long to mature. And yeah, they're soft and velvety and they can be very cute looking. They look kind of like Pluto from um, Disney. Um, so maybe like, we you know, we're drawn to it in, in that sense. But I said to him, and then, and then the second one is like, how about Nikita? I really want a Nikita. I'm like, man, you're just looking at dogs for what they look like and you're not looking at dogs for what, what they are, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and I'm spending so much time discouraging him because he, he's, he's very driven, um, dri driven individual. But I know that he's not walking his dog and staying at home and, and doing the things that need to be done. He's out there doing different stuff. He's very entrepreneurial. So he's, I, I say, Maybe when it's time that you've got the household, you've got your structure in that sort of way, I think that would be the best time for him to get the dog, you know, but- You made a good I'll, point too, is like, that's what he, what he was saying and thinking is very impulsive, but a dog is, I mean, owning a dog um, in a responsible manner is the last thing that should ever be impulsive because that's a 10-year decision. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the time it isn't, which is what's happening now, uh, you know, on the tail end of the pandemic, two years after everything that took place, the shelters are now filling up, right? Unfortunately, because, because totally filling of, up. of exactly what we're talking about now mm -hmm. is that people made impulsive decisions in the moment. Breeders took advantage of that. Um, you know, every, every, no, no single element was to blame by itself but it became like a perfect storm yeah. of people who probably shouldn't have had dogs in the first place, right? And now there's all these dogs, you know, just waiting for the needle in the shelters basically, which sucks. Like that's a terrible outcome, right? Well, while, while the COVID was happening, there was zero dogs. There was like three dogs in that shelter. And I went there recently to like, you know, hold like a bit of a training day for the staff and volunteers and, and the amount of dogs were there. And, you know, you're going to see all the big, strong, powerful dogs that are very, very difficult to, 
to um, handle and live with, they're the ones that are always going to come to the shelter and stay at the shelter for a very long period of time. And it's, you know, when I saw clients and they said, oh, you know, now they're in lockdown, it's a perfect opportunity to get the dog. Now, at first I'm like, ah, that's annoying to hear, but they said it because we've always wanted the dog. And now that we have the opportunity to be a little bit more free with our time, it's probably a good time to raise this dog or to integrate a rescue dog in our family. And I think that the latter is so much more, that that is a good plan and it kind of works out for some of those people. But to say that, oh, you know, we're at home now, well, maybe we should get a dog, you know, maybe fostering a dog in that time possibly would work out. And a lot of people that think that they want a dog, maybe even getting into a foster program where they are looking after dogs, young dogs, and they, they're in between rescue and a forever home where you're fostering the dogs, you're looking after dogs, you're getting a feel for what it is to own a dog. And, and I think that could be a good transition for some people or people that are listening to give some advice out to somebody that, that wants to get a feel for it. But, you know, how many, how many dogs in your street? you know, you see them only once a week walking or doing anything with their dog. It's because like, it's like, Panos, I've got no time to do all these things with the dog. I'm like, well, your dog's losing its mind in the backyard, freaking out. Not only am I talking about your quality of life, but yeah, what about the dog's quality of life? You know, and it's, um, it isn't fair. And it's, I don't know, like, I'm sure there's heaps of people listening, thinking, oh my gosh, my friend, my family, or somebody in my street is exactly in this category. Like you have no business owning a dog. And why is it that so many people all of a sudden want a dog? Like there's obviously all the positives that we can get from it, like, you know, companionship and, and, you know, a reason to get out of the house and to be out in nature and to, and to be active and, you know, and dogs reflect so much of, of that unconditional love back to us. Like there's so many good qualities that we can go on forever about, but it's, um, but it is a bit of a fairy tale sort of, um, oh, I want what you have. I want, look, and look at your three dogs when you're walking up the street. They listen to you. They're so good. And they can, you can go take them places. It's so fun. I want and that's that. that's the end result. That's not the- That's not the beginning. That's not the, the 10 years of training that it took to get to that point, you know, of you as a professional and putting work and effort and daily, daily repetition into your dogs, right? It's like, it's the same thing as like, yeah, so having falling in love with the idea of having a dog and then maybe also falling in love with the idea of like training the dog as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to have a well-trained dog. It's like, do you? Mm. Do, do you actually know what that would take? Like, let's say half an hour probably every day consistently, you know? Part of, of tra- your of training. schedule. Are you willing yeah. to put that in every yep. day? No one's going to make you do it. Well, you who, yourself, how many people want nice shoulders? That dog, that well-trained dog, yeah. like that's the end result. Mm-hmm. So not to fall in love with the end result, but to fall in love with the process. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, like how many people want a good body but aren't willing to put in the five days a week of of consistent physical exercise, you know? Um, and, and how many people want want all the attributes of what, you know, an entrepreneur has or what, um, you know, a highly successful person has or, you know, oh, I want to accumulate all these things. It's like, you know how much effort and time it is involved to, to, to have those things? And 
you and know, that's, and that's the key word too, Panos is want. We're saying want, 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 want. Mm. Everyone, a lot of people want a lot of things. Now, do you do you need to have that? So, are you willing to do what it takes to tell yourself that you need to have a certain thing? You need to have a well trained dog, as opposed to just wanting, yeah. or even just a, wanting to have a dog in general. Yeah. Right. And what's the difference between wanting and having? Is doing. Yeah. Good right? point. That's the missing element to the equation. Right. It's like, oh, I should do this. I should do that. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we should do, but until it becomes a must, typically you're not going to do what it takes. What about a nice garden? Like, wouldn't it be nice to have a beautifully lush and green and full garden? But do you know what it requires to have a nice garden? You've got to be, like, maintaining that shit all the time. And not not to mention, like, are you having, like, you know, um, that's why most yards look like the tiled paved yard with just a big blot of grass and evergreens that are just always there or, and and still then you got to you know spray the roundup to kill the weeds and pull them out manually if you don't want to spray chemicals you've still got to be cutting the grass and pulling the weeds out in places where you don't want them to be growing you know you still got to be watering that thing in 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 the summer otherwise you go into a backyard where it's just barren and it's just it's just empty and nothing's going maybe, on there maybe that's a really good metaphor for what we're talking about here is like you know thinking of think of having your dog as as a garden, like, do you want the overgrown, terrible-looking kind of jungle, weed-infested wasteland, or are you willing mm. to put in like the the daily maintenance, you know, around this around the all all four seasons? Yeah, to actually have a a garden or let's say a dog, you know, to actually that's actually worth mentioning. That's actually worth like, yeah, I'm proud of that. Exactly. And 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 I know I've mentioned this before is a, mo- a lot of people getting the dog because of their maternal and paternal instinctive drive and needs. You know, we mm. are having kids later and later in life. And especially and we- when the dog comes first, eh? Before yeah. the babies. I'm sure you see this a lot. Like, like where they had the dog before the baby. Mm-hmm. The dog was a little fur baby, fur baby, fur baby. The baby comes along. The baby starts to grow up. We're like, oh, yeah. I used to do lots of cool stuff with my dog. Now the dog just turns food into poo at the backyard, doesn't do anything. Um, yeah, I feel bad for him, far out, you know, or it's I, – I, and I think – and I really think that's what's happening. And also, you know, back in the day – again, I'm not old enough to know what happened back in the day, but there was two reasons why you had a dog and what, how we treated dogs or even how we how we um, looked after dogs or even just how we owned dogs was completely different, you know. If you lived in, in you know, 50, 70 years ago, there was like hardly any fences. Dogs were kind of around. They they had their freedom because they kind of knew how to have that freedom. And it was different than now. Now we have to like have everything locked up. You can't have dogs just roaming the streets. You know, you don't have the local, oh, there's Eddie. You know, hey, what's going yeah, on? Eddie? Like, I, like, you know. the, uh, Pat was talking about this on a recent episode. Did you listen to that? They were talking about the same thing, kind of like in the olden days, the olden days, like, you know, the 90s or whatever when we were growing up. Like they were just like there was like neighborhood dogs, you know. Yep. yep. And like the dog was kind of like fed by multiple people. It was probably a bit fat. It never wore a leash. Like there wasn't a ranger on every block trying to like find and find people and catch dogs, you know. 
like these days you drop the leash in the park and you turn around and the rangers on top of you <laughs> that's a bit of an exaggeration but like it does happen yes you it know? does and it's so um, many rules now like i can't even you know what i mean well, and now expectation, we're talking from Sydney life. Like, I'm sure, like, in Sydney life, we're very regimented. We're very, very fast-paced. We're very busy people. And most of the busyness is just made up in our own head. We're just constantly getting after it, getting after it, getting after it. We're not even getting it's anywhere. It's a badge of honour, right? It's you know, busy. and uh, that too. And also, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. Now, look, I have to say, what if you're in the situation where you thought, I thought I'd be a good dog owner. It's been two years and I don't really... I don't really like want the dog anymore. Like I'm sure you're probably not listening to dog training podcasts, but maybe, you know, you could be knowing somebody that know that that knows at all, like that knows somebody who is in this situation. I say to a lot of clients, look, if you're in a position where your situation's changed and you're only holding on to the dog because you can't have the pain of getting rid of the dog, you need to weigh up all of the factors of what it is to like, why did you originally get the dog? Like, you got to, like, you know, ask the question. That's why when we've done the episode about, you know, choosing a dog, like, write down the list. What's your lifestyle like? What's your property like? You know, are you going to consider the dog when you're going on holidays? Are you even gonna, are you going to resent the dog because you can't go on holidays or you can't leave the house because of certain things? You can't have people over anymore. Like, can weigh up all these things. And if your situation's changed, you've got to really assess what it is and how it is that your dog fits into your life. And I don't think it's the worst situation it's not something that i encourage um unless it's 100 percent necessary is that you know you have the dog your situations change just like this one lady she had the dog just like we mentioned before this dog was like a little chihuahua right so chihuahuas are chihuahuas they act in chihuahua ways and you know quite aggressive quite timid quite nervous and She's like, I couldn't, I can't have not have the dog on the bed. The the dog has to sleep with me. The dog has to be with me. I'm like, I can't do this to the dog. What's that? Why? Why what? Why does she have to do any of that? Well, she has to because, because, well, because then as soon as her son was born and I've rocked up a year and a half after, the, after like, you know, her son was about 80 months old. It's like, oh, yeah, the dog sleeps outside now. I'm like, the dog couldn't sleep. You had to have the dog on your bed. The dog had to, you know, be fed home-cooked meals, all this sort of stuff. And now the dog sleeps outside and doesn't even come inside anymore. You don't even take the dog for walks anymore. I'm like, what a massive shift from from having the dog as your little baby minion to now you've got the real baby and now the dog's outside. Not that I care about the dog right now. My dogs are outside. So it's not like having the dog outside is a bad thing. But, but the dog but all never of a sudden, well, all of a sudden at one point, and that would have been the worst thing she could have done to the dog in her mind, yes. potentially. Yes. But then now it's like, no, that's okay. So in this situation, I'm like, you are somebody that probably aren't fit to have a dog, but you like the idea of having a dog. Maybe you're feeling a void in your life or maybe your situation has changed. Now, I don't think she should get rid of the dog. I think, think yeah, kick, get her act together and, and remind herself of why she has a dog in the first place and, and, and fulfill the responsibility, you know? And, and if you, if you're thinking of getting a dog and you've come across this episode and you're like, Oh, maybe, maybe I'm not in the position to get a dog. And, and, and maybe maybe it's good to wait. Maybe it's good to reassess what it is that I find important, you know. And you know, this it it does bring up a lot of questions, like why? Like when I ask, like when my friend, like a friend or a neighbor, is like, "Oh, I want a dog. What dog should I get?" I'm like, "Why do you want a dog?" Like, it's my first question. Like, why is it? What is it that you want? Just because everyone else has a dog doesn't mean you need a dog. It's like, like a you know, job interview. Why do you want this job? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's um. Why like, do you want to work here? Why do you want this? Why do you want the dog? 
Panos is asking. Well, like I think it's a it's a valid question. When you ask them, they're like, oh, I don't know. I could just because it's cool. an important question that you might want to ask yourself. And I think that's I think maybe when I was away, someone asked, Oh, I was gonna yeah, that's right. Someone's like, Oh, can you tell my missus why I should get an Australian shepherd? I'm like, Well, why do you want an Australian shepherd? And he's like, I oh, know they're cool. <laughs> I don't know if that's good enough. <laughs> you know, um, like tell me tell me a little bit of, of, of an what Australian have, shepherd's what have I got background. To do with convincing your partner of anything. Exactly, you know, and um and I'll be going to another friend's house on the weekend. He um he says, Oh yeah. I just because he was saying he wants a cane corso, but the guy's always interstate, always tra- traveling for work, and his missus were there when he said, and she's like, "No way, we're getting a cane corso. I'm not going to look after this dog. We've got it. We've got two kids. Blah blah blah." So then he messaged me. He's like, "Oh, you know, I want to do some training," and I'm like, "Oh, you got a dog?" He's like, "Yeah, I got a little Frenchie." Um, I just sprung sprung it on my missus, and I just got the dog, and I and I'm really hoping that it works out. I'm hoping that she falls in love with the dog, but it's three weeks in, and. He says that oh, she's still coming around to it. I'm like, well, it's kind of unfair to get get the dog. Spring it on her, yeah. Spring it on her, no family decision. And then if you I don't know what his current work situation is like, but if 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 he got the dog, like, you know, when, when the wife says, oh, that's his dog, not mine. I'm like, ugh, it's kind of ugly. I don't like that. Like, at my house, the dogs are my dogs. They're our dogs. But, like, I do most of the things for the dogs. Yeah. Um, miss, like, you know, Tanya will do the things that are required if I'm not around. Hey, can, yeah. can you feed the dogs tonight? I'm not going to be home too late. And she's like, yeah, no worries. What are they eating? Oh, this, this, and that. Um, the same with she- me and Shadow. Totally. I do 99% of it. And that's not that's not a slight on rage. It's just how it is. It just is, and and I'm and I'm completely sweet with that. That 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 makes that that makes sense to me. It's just not that. Oh no, she hates dogs, and we have these dogs. It's like it has to be a communal decision. But you know, um, I just I just don't like that. Dogs have become so popular that we just need to have them because we should have them. You know what I mean? Mm. And um, or because we've always grown up with the dog. Like, you know, we came back from Queensland and we came home like it was like a late landing, like 8.30. And I'm like, it's kind of weird with the dog's here. So I'm like, I'm going to go to my parents' house and pick them up. So I went and picked up Spades and Nookie. And then the next morning, obviously, I was already planned for me to go pick up Chili. Um, Where was Chili? He stayed with um with, with the chick who... Um, Rachel, who bred him, uh, so um, so with he, he stayed with his dad and with like another four dogs that he grew up with for the first year of his life. So he was back at his original home, which is kind of funny. Um, to like share <laughs> the dog, which is he, he might think he's just on holidays when he's at your place. Yeah, it's so funny. Well, when she first dropped him off the first time that um he went to stay there, he lost his mind when he saw him. I thought he's not going to want to come back here, but he really wanted to come back. Um, when I first, when I picked him up this time, he's like, "Hey, what are you doing here?" Because we didn't meet at her place; we met halfway. Um, cause she lives very far away and, um, and he's like, Oh, what are you doing here? But then she was training, um, the dad, um, oh, what's his name again? I forgot his name. Damn it. Um, ah, it doesn't matter. Um, so she was training him uh, and I was training Chili and he knew like to listen to me. And even though he'd been listening to her, it's a very weird kind of dynamic that we've got there, but, um, it worked out well, but yeah, it felt really weird to like have no dog in the house. So for me, if I was a run out of dogs, I think forever my house will always have a dog. But see, I've always lived in in a house. I haven't lived in an apartment ever in my life. Um, certainly situations can change. What happens? What happens when things change? You know, um, situations change in people's lives. And I think not all the time should you have a dog because it's a selfish reason, selfish reason to have a dog. Um, you know, and I think it, it is really touchy because like, you know, when I say, like, of course I want everyone to, 
do the things that they want to do. But, you know, dogs and cats and, 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 and even any animal for that matter, aren't, you know, aren't just commodities. They are literally living creatures. So we have to honor what it is that they, they require. And also I spend most of the time telling people not to get certain breeds. So like, I look, I know you're going to get a dog and I think you should get a dog, but I really don't think you're fit for this breed um, at this level of experience. And you know, when, what do you think is like a common breed that people get that they maybe shouldn't based on lifestyle factors? What's what's a common one that you see? Someone's never had a dog before and they get an American bully. Like that's a classic one. Like the American bullies can be such strong-minded, very hard-headed, very intense. They, you know, their genes wake up between eight to ten months in my experience where, you know, we start to see some resource guarding. We start to see a little bit of aggression or very pushy behaviors. And people are like, oh, I don't know, what to, I don't know how to deal with this now. Panos is getting a little bit much. And like mm-hmm. I told you around this time of their, their, their maturity is when they start to – um you know, wake up to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, and when I say you got to be experienced, like it's best to be experienced to have certain, you know, um, certain breeds you have, it's because you got to be, you got to know, and what does it take to be experienced? Of course. Now, first time dog owner, you get the American bully, you have him, he's grown up, you've done all the right things. You've seeked out the help. Have you now become experienced? So I know you have to start somewhere. I totally get it. But, um, you got to know dog behavior at some very, very intermediate level to understand that you're getting a more powerful breed. Again, I'm not talking a dangerous breed. I'm talking a powerful breed. And I think there's a big difference between the both. Obviously, powerful breeds can become potentially dangerous compared to having a smaller dog can still be dangerous in their own capacity, but in the way that they can inflict pain and death onto something else, um, the, 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 the risks become higher, the more, the more powerful and more stronger and more larger the breed is but you yeah, know well, when- not all dangerous dogs are powerful and not That's all true. powerful dogs are dangerous right That's there's no very- abs- we don't talk in absolutes you can no. have tiny little rabid little pocket rocket dogs that could do almost as much damage as a you know or whatever a 40 kilo whatever yeah. it might be you know but like I'll rock up to a client's house and they're like oh yeah we know we've got this breed I'm like I told you there's gonna be a lot of work we're gonna do this stuff and I don't want to overwhelm you but let's you know, let's do the things that like with the questions and the goals and with the issues that you have, this is what's required in my opinion to, to fulfill the animal to the best of your and the dog's ability. And then when they say, oh, I've been, I've been finishing work late, getting home at eight thirty, and, you know, not seeing the kids and, you know, I don't really have time for the dog. I can feed him and hang out with him for five minutes, but I've got to go to bed. And I'm like, that's really annoying to hear. You know what I mean? Like, it's annoying that. Yeah, it is annoying. Like, how do you think the dog feels about that? Like, the dog's been sitting around all day waiting for you to Forget come. Forget about home. what we the we feel as the trainers. Like, how do you think the fucking dog feels? Yeah, on the on the receiving end of that. Like, ask yourself a hard question. And then and then you got like you know the rest of the family going like you know we probably um should rehome the dog and they're like but I can't do that to him I love him I'm like you may love him but do you spending though? fifteen or minutes that, with him when you say love what is an attachment what do you, yeah what do you mean by love exactly is that well like love would mean you being. Selfish, maybe? Probably. You know, it's like it it just that's the, this is what triggers this sort of topic and it's that you think you you know what you want and you know you're not putting the time and or effort or even any interest into it. And then and then also but you're still training at the gym every every day. So when you say you're getting home at eight thirty, you're still putting that hour in at the gym. I'm not saying you shouldn't work out, but maybe you should work out 
a little bit less so you can work out with your dog like or do something or like i don't know like it just it just baffles me are you busier than um are you busier than elon musk yeah (laughs) are you busier than i wonder if he has president of the usa like who has more or less than 24 hours in a day that too and then also me these very busy people that you mentioned, maybe they've made decisions to be like, no, I don't have time to walk my German Shepherd every day. That's why I don't have a German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. And, and if I was going to get a dog, that's a dog that I get. You know, and some people are like, look, once I um settle down and I and my jobs change and my situations change, I think I'm going to be ready. And those are the those are the people that are ready to have the animal that they want. And it's like because we always grew up with one. I know I'm not ready for one, but when it's time, I'll get it. You know, like what my sister said. She goes, I don't think we'll ever get a dog. Maybe, maybe sometime in the future. But at this stage, you know, um, I would like to have a cat. That'd be nice. And look, and and we're ready to get a cat. We're going to look for a kitten over the next couple of weeks because, um, because me and me and Tanya, and you miss having one. Yeah, yeah, I do. I've, yeah. I've always had a cat in our house. Um, what do you what, what do you like about cats? Um, they're so much different to dogs, right? You know, cats have slaves and dogs have masters. You know, dogs <laughs> re- re- really have a requirement <laughs> from us. Cats what what can- do we say? Uh, dogs are pets and cats are animals that live at your house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like their their revenants, you know, I like the way that they hold themselves. I like yeah, it. They're, they're bad motherfuckers. Yeah. You sit, you sit on the couch and he comes up with you and you're like, Hey, what's going on? And you know, there's, there's just a whole different dynamic, but also mainly, mainly I know that Tanya really, really wants a cat. Um, that's something like, that's the animal that really resonates to her. She's a leader. Happy life, happy life, mate. Yeah. And, and, um, and she does all the things that, you know, the cat needs. So mm. it's, um, it's not like I'm doing any extra work and, um, and it's, and you know, look, three dogs isn't enough. You got to have a cat as oh well. Oh my God. Three dogs is a lot of work, man. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, um, but like, look, I, I, I know the requirements of, of what it means to have a cat. Um, we love Romeo to death, you know, um, rest in peace, Romeo. Yeah. You know, he, he was an awesome cat. You know, he how just, old was he? He was only six years old. Mm. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, so-, so my sister-in-law, um, so Joel's wife, they have a cat that's like, I mean, I think it's almost 20. It's, wow. like, eight, it's like 17, 18, something like that. Like a- Ashley, oh, the cat man. we had was 18 when she passed. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, man. We thought Romeo would live that long too. We're like, yeah, this cat's going to live forever. He's but awesome. you know, Chloe's like 14 or 15 or something wow. this year. She's at least 14 this That's year. That's crazy. Yeah. These little, and she runs around like she's 14 months old. Chloe's Luke's mum's dog. Yeah. Or Which is basically dog. how you and I got introduced in the first place. That's correct. Yeah. And she's, then she's a multi-pom too, just like, just like yeah. Nookie. Yeah. Little savage thing. She's only got about two teeth left in her mouth, but she can still do some damage <laughs> if oh, necessary. She's a little pocket rocket too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, I think, um, and, you know, like when we think about our dogs, we have this like, oh, you know, and well, our cats, like we have this love for it and people want to replicate that. Um, you'll never ever get the dog that or the cat that you had. You have to understand that every every new dog every new cat whatever every new pet that you have will be starting fresh fresh canvas and you're loving as you said we got to love the process of it like if i had no dogs in my house it would be like so who do i go for a walk with that's weird like yeah. I'm just go for a walk that's completely weird um you know so it is a lifestyle thing right and but it does limit you 
Like, I can't just be like, hey, babe, let's go to a place tomorrow. It's like, what are we going to do with the dogs? Now, with us, we are lucky that, you know, my mother-in-law can come over and, you know, feed the dogs for a couple of days and take them for walks and stuff. Or I can take them to my parents' house and we got, we, we can always make these arrangements. Of course, you have boarding centers and place like that where um, you can take the dogs for me. I've never paid really anybody to look after my dogs because I've always had somebody to care for them. But these are other things that you got to think about, you know, and some back people to being a responsible dog owner. Exactly. That's you know? what you're taking on. Like, so you bring, you, you, you have a dog. Okay. So now that, that has to come into consideration when you go on a holiday, either, dog goes with you or they have to stay with someone else so that adds a layer of complication oh, but luke we want a dog so my son can learn responsibility and he's only seven it's like well how about you teach him responsibility for his own self before you give him the responsibility of I mean, a dog you could probably start with some household chores <laughs> that don't exactly. involve a living creature if you really wanted to teach him responsibility but it'll be nice when leonardo can start doing the poo patrol and cleaning the dog bowls and taking the bins out. Those mm. are going to be some of his duties, that's for sure. But um, <clears throat> I think there's are things to consider. And I guess a lot of people, a lot of people in our industry have the issue of like, oh, my God, these bloody people with their dog, you know, and um, or you know, that neighbour, man, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to have to go take that dog out for a walk because no one's taking him out. So, like, you know, everyone's got that bee in their bonnet, people that invest their time in understanding anything about dogs that we all know somebody that shouldn't be a dog owner. And I don't think everyone is fit to be a dog owner, um, period. I think they like the idea of it. They can hang, like they, they like to play with dogs, but, you know, dogs dogs aren't just a playing thing either. They are literally like another dependent that you've got to look after and you've got to be the one that, you know, provides that to them. So it's- um, No, it's wild. You need a license to drive a car, but yeah. any idiot can have a child or a dog. Yes, it's true. <laughs> It's true, especially, look, and then when we get into that conversation of like, well, how much should we police it? How much should we, you know, bring in the, the politics of, well, who should own a dog? What is who required? Would do it? How would we define Be- it? Because how would we enforce it? Yeah, there's people that think, oh, look, these idiots have just got a dog. And then, you know, as I said, you know, you see later on down the track, you're like, these are actually really good dog owners. You've learned a lot from this process, you know, and um, and I remember I wanted a dog for ages. I was like 15 or even younger. I wanted a dog and my parents were like, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. And then when I was 18 and, you know, I got back from Europe, they're like, you know, they did consult with me. They're like, hey, look, we, we, we got a dog and what do you want to name, blah, blah, blah. And then I came home to a dog and the dog radically changed my life in so many ways. So, you know, I don't think all the time you know you'll be ready. You may even like the idea of it. You may even grow as a person from having the dog. So I'm not saying, you know, it's, it's not a very black and white sort of situation because, you know, um, not everyone that seems irresponsible at first may always stay irresponsible. They may learn a lot of valuable things from dogs. So I think that is the caveat to all of this is that you think someone's not making the right decision. Like my friend, I discourage him from getting a dog and and I'm happy for it, but who knows, maybe his whole life could have changed when he did get the dog. So, you know, I don't think it's it's as easy as um, saying you should and you shouldn't. You are a dog person. You're not a dog person, um, but it's but there are definitely people that have dogs and they shouldn't have dogs. And there's the ones that annoy dog trainers the most because you're like, well, I don't understand. Or they just have the wrong dog for the wrong house. Like, you know, a lady who's got, who's like, you know, in her sixties and she's got a sore back and bad knees and she's got the most highest drive American staffy and, and wants to like lunge and bite, bite the neighbors. And I'm like, and I said to her straight off, I'm like, probably should have got a smaller dog, like a little, cute cavalier or something would have fit your lifestyle a little bit better. She goes, yeah, I know. I'm like, but now your neighbor said he'll call the 
the police if he sees you walking the dog up the street because the dog bit him and you can't, you're not quick enough, fit enough or nimble enough to even stop the dog from even lunging on that person. So now, and, and it happens to be that, you know, my, um, my wife's cousins live next door to this lady. So I'm like, my godson lives next door to you and your dog may bite them. So, you know, maybe getting into a bit more personal territory here. And this is that, that's a true story. Um, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to, to manage, especially when you're the person trying to help because, you know, then there's times where I'm straight up. I'm like, look, I don't think you should have ever got the dog, but you know, um, prove me wrong. Um, and let's see how we go from there. And there's a hard truth that you've got to kind of face and, and, and let people know, but, and sometimes people step up and other people, other times people just, you know, keep being useless and pathetic and not do much with their animals. And, and you're like, well, I've tried to help you as much as I can, but I can only help you as much as you allow yourself to be helped, you know? And yeah. it's, um, it's unfortunate and it's unfortunate when it does come to the disadvantage of, you know, other people, noise complaints, destructive behavior, aggression, you know, um, or even the dog where they just, you know, live a dodgy life. Um, well, maybe an unfulfilled life. The dogs are probably still happy. They're just not fulfilled. And I think there's still a difference there as well. You can have a happy dog that's unfulfilled, but what does the dog know? The dog doesn't know any better. How many people are unfulfilled, bloody ignorant people, and they're still happy? You're like, damn it. Damn you, happy people that have no idea. <laughs> you know, um, which goes into a philosophical topic of like, well, what makes happiness? Because happiness may not always mean, you know, doing all the most responsible things, you know, but those ignorant people may live a very happy life, but maybe a short life and they rob their their grandchildren of having grandparents because they didn't make the right decisions to live long enough. You know what I mean? Like, so I know this can open a whole nother can of worms and it's probably a bit heavy for, for um you know, 8.30 on, on a Thursday evening and we're getting into a whole nother topic. But I think it's um it's worthy to have the conversation with yourself, your family, or with the person that you think shouldn't be a dog owner. Um, and I don't know where that even leads us, but I thought it was an, it was worthy enough to bring up the topic in the discussion and, and provoke a little bit of thought into it because just because I like dogs, it doesn't mean that I think everyone is fit to have one. So I think we've said enough. Yeah. It's, um, and, and, and it can, and look, and some people like, I don't really get emotional or upset about, I can't get annoyed about it. I think like, duh, like what's wrong with you? But it's these conversations aren't even that obvious. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, because when I first got a dog, I'm like, I called my friend that I know now, now know that he has no idea about dogs. I'm like, Hey bro, I'm getting food for my six month old dog. Do I get the adult one or the, or the, or the, um, the puppy one? And I'm like, Coles, which one should I get? And then now I'm thinking like, you shouldn't really get food from Coles. Um, dog food from Coles. <laughs> so, um, so what we think we know and who you think knows something about dogs, the more, well equipped you become about um you know ownership of dogs just like hey i just got this air conditioning thing and it says spray the foam into the intake and i sprayed into the bloody vents of the bloody air conditioning so if there's any mechanic around going look at this dead shit spraying these chemicals into the wrong part of the bloody car right so you know um what do i know my intentions are right i'm trying to clean the car out because it's got a bad back the heart's in the right place, but I need a little bit of learning. So, but the thing is, is that the car can be replaced and sometimes a dog is a, is a living being. So anyway, things to think about. 
And if you want to get in touch with us to let you know that, hey, I thought I wasn't a dog person and now look what I've, I've changed. So, so many people have actually been commenting on on some of our videos and, and reaching out saying that, you know, the podcast has really helped their um their training journey and their understanding of dogs. So, you know, if you are listening this far into our mini rant about why we think people shouldn't have dogs, um, reach out to us. Let us know what you've learned from our conversations, especially this one here, because it's – um. It is a little bit more of an emotional, provoking one. So, um, I'm well, going to leave it Well, if you made it this far, we appreciate you. So, that's the main <laughs> thing. <laughs> if you're still listening to us rant after an hour. Bloody <laughs> ah, dog people. At the very least, you're, you're dedicated to either enjoying or hating what we're saying. So, either way, thanks for staying till the end. Exactly. Until next time. Hey, bro, it's good to sit with you again and have this, ca- have this chat. And um, until next time, eh? Thanks, guys. We shall see you on the next one. Bye-bye. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of Life With Your Dog. Please share with your friends if you're enjoying our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help others find the show. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook, Life With Your Dog Podcast. My name's Panos, and to keep up with my dog training adventures, tips, and techniques, you can find me on Instagram at NP underscore dog underscore training, my website npdogtraining.com or my YouTube channel Nutris Pooches. Thanks for listening guys. My name's Luke. If you'd like to find out more about my dog training services, you can find me at ww.kizuna, that's K-I-Z-U-N-A, canine C-A-N-I-N-E com.au. Uh, I'm also on Instagram at Kizuna Canine Training. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.